0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Built Broadcast podcast. Today we're talking about supporting enterprising students. My name is Neil Coles. I'm Assistant Director of the Career Service here at the University of Bristol with a focus on employer engagement and enterprise education. But I'm joined with um, some colleagues from across the university. Firstly, I'm joined by Dave Jarman, who is Bristol Futures Theme Lead and Senior Teaching Fellow in Centre for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Also by Katie Martin, who is Student Enterprise Manager, and Lauren Else, who is Student Enterprise Advisor. Hello to all. Hello Neil. Hey. Hello. Hello. So, if I could just start maybe with Katie. How do you see you engaging um, enterprising students from your role within the university?
1: Okay, so we do a whole range of things. Um, we predominantly support them through a series of challenges, competitions, skill building, opportunities, et cetera. I'm gonna let Lauren expand on that in just a moment, but also another part of the team is our um, SME team. So the small to medium sized enterprise team in a way that we support enterprise students in that way is by giving them access to working in startups. So for them to understand what it means to work in organizations like that, what it means to wear multiple hats, how they could learn from startups to build partnerships with customers, suppliers, and other key stakeholders, and to build the enterprise skills that they need to be able to run their own startup.
0: So when you say enterprise skills, what do you mean by enterprise skills?
1: I mean a whole breadth of skills. Um, So I mean being creative problem solvers. I mean their ability to communicate their ideas, communicate um, how they're approaching solving problems, the ability to work across and with multiple people from, like I said, different customer groups different suppliers different stakeholders so having a different skill set than maybe what it means to be a traditional employee
0: Uh, okay okay so lauren in terms of your role you're based and you work within the career service and you work with students directly in supporting their uh, startups so how do you engage enterprising students how do they come to you how do they find you
2: So I suppose um, very entrepreneurial students will come and find us and seek us out, which is always quite nice. Um, We have quite a high-profile competition called the New Enterprise Competition, which has funding available for all sorts of um, new businesses, charities and social enterprises, so all breadth and all stages in that. So they're the easy ones to engage, I suppose, but as uh, Katie was touching on, we're also trying to reach out further, um, sort of inspire students into thinking, you know, you can do this, or this is the time to practise and, uh, and have a go. So um, I have uh, done a couple of lectures. I'm happy to do sort of shout outs about some of the support that's available both within our team and across the city. We also uh, have mailing lists, which we send out to students who have uh, engaged with some of the enterprising events and activity that have gone on throughout the uni, and uh, through Bristol Futures as well, which you'll come to hear a bit more about in a minute, I'm sure. But yeah, it's uh, that's the main ways that we engage. I think
0: so. Your your entrepreneurial students will often find you, and then others. Um, your work across the uh, across the faculties to engage and talk to students, and uh, and through various different options. And you mentioned the Bristol Futures, which I think sort of uh, uh, turns. Us into talking to dave um <laughs> with regard to um this i believe there's some online activity around um, uh, innovation enterprise and what, what what support does the university offer in in space of
3: that so we already have an open online course one of the three bristol futures programs so it is a four-week um, program on the FutureLearn platform uh, called uh, "Unleash Your Potential," and there's uh, three versions of that. And Innovation Enterprise is one of those. So all students are able to access that, uh, usually three or four times during the year. And actually, external people participate in that program as well. It's it's completely free, um, and an extracurricular activity. And um, that's in a sense just the start, though, because much like the other activities that colleagues have, have been discussing, there are lots of routes into enterprise. Some students know that they're entrepreneurial and self-identify as entrepreneurs, and and in some ways it's kind of getting hold of those and trying to help them out with sort of structured advice. Lots of students that were really enterprising without ever calling themselves that, and a lot of students actually resist being called entrepreneurs or or being being called enterprising, and you kind of have to find them where they are, and that's often either recognising them in their curriculum or recognising them in extracurricular space. And then the open online courses are one way in which we've been encouraging students to sort of come in and discover more about what innovation and enterprise mean. So I tend to talk in terms of how do you get students to act on their ideas, like to recognise that their ideas have value and to do something about them. And I think if we can get students... To acknowledge that and then think about how to find the right kinds of support through the career service, through the curriculum, through the open online courses, actually you can start directing them to the next stage, so you you know they do the online course, they might join a club or society, they join a club or society they might enter the new enterprise competition but it's, I see there's a really critical role here that involves a lot of our academic colleagues at the university connecting these things up so the students who are enterprising find the right kinds of support
0: so those who are involved in projects and activities along those lines, you would call them entrepreneurs?
3: You could do. And, and I think that's one of, the, kind of the, the tensions here, that they might not call themselves that. Actually, entrepreneurs, there are some entrepreneurs who would say, unless you've started 10 companies and raised a million pounds, you're not an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And there are those people who would say, the moment you try and do something, you're an entrepreneur. The, the word is like Marmite.
0: So th- this goes back to the uh, Katie point around skills and uh, sort of the attributes relating to uh, being enterprising, uh, which is, it seems, as a forerunner to entrepreneurship. And but, but Katie, you mentioned that they could use those enterprising skills in terms of other types of activity instead of being an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of less about, you know, sometimes it is important how they identify, you know, for themselves, but actually it's largely to do with the skills that then take them down whichever route they're Mm -hmm. pursuing, so entrepreneurship or um, increasingly employers are looking for entrepreneurial-minded students. So through the facilitation of the things that we put on and the programs that we run and the challenges is to almost capture those accidental entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. if you will. It's about facilitating those opportunities so that whatever path they choose if they want to start up their own business charity whatever that that's fine they are more equipped to do so but also they're better equipped and um hopefully more successful employees for any sorts of organizations because they've taken the time to build those skills
3: because we sometimes talk about enterprise education about for and through so are we educating people about enterprise are we educating people for enterprise or for entrepreneurship or is it through so that actually some of these activities are great skill builders for employability and sometimes it's about persuading students who don't self-identify that these things still have value and it's giving them more choices giving them more options giving them more capability.
2: Mm. Certainly found that um, kind of enterprising activities we've done such as sort of mini hackathon style problem solving days where they actually get given a problem which they solve together. Mm. Most of those people would never have thought of themselves as particularly enterprising or really known what that skill set was until they have the ability to actually practice it Um, and really found some decent feedback on that. So Mm. it's
0: about practicing uh, an activity or some theme or developing some sort of project um, that then draws out these skills and they end up learning about the, and actually then are able to associate the language around it's okay to be enterprising, entrepreneur and, and connect in that way.
3: Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that, that between the four of us around this table that we represent is there is an extracurricular provision for this. So students who have got an idea or are trying to develop something or trying to work out what it is they want to do or try and get diverse work experience or just make change happen, There are extracurricular opportunities for that, but there are also curricular opportunities for that. So one of the wider ambitions within the kind of Bristol Futures activity, so so four days a week, I am a senior teaching fellow at the Centre for Innovation, um, but one day a week, I moonlight trying to smuggle innovation and enterprise into every other curriculum in the university. And it's trying to find subtle and non-subtle ways for students in any discipline to think about well, what might innovation, enterprise, entrepreneurship mean to them so that actually you know, we can find the vets or the medics or the dentists who want to run a really good practice or invent something in the course of their clinical work or you know, how the engineers take the thing that worked on the, the, the desktop and actually kind of take that out into the real world. But equally, for those students motivated by social change or environmental action, um, and maybe that is already through their curriculum, how do we get them to actually act on it? How do we get them to maybe find their way into an innovative career as a a consultant or working in an SME or a startup that they might not otherwise discover or a kind of typical careers fair? But equally, how do they start their own things up as well? So these themes can kind of be embedded in a variety of places, and it is both. There is an extracurricular offer for any student anywhere already and we're increasingly trying to build curricular provision as well.
0: That sounds like more than just one day a week uh, in terms <laughs> of uh, trying to engage and, and develop across the curriculum. It seems like a huge area to, to look at. But I think the, the focus then is how do we enable others to develop their students to be enterprising and to pull out the enterprising entrepreneurial
3: students. So we are going to do more podcasts On that theme and that's something that we will we will be picking up but equally actually one of the things we need more colleagues to know about is actually what support is there already Hmm. like if if academic colleagues are listening to this and thinking okay that would be great to include in my curriculum but that is a really big ask we'll save that for another podcast you know actually today how do we help those colleagues direct their students to the most appropriate activities that already exist and maybe even give a sense of what we hope to do in the future
1: Yeah, I think um, following on with that about the extracurricular piece, which I know the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship is slightly unique in this, but Mm. um, bringing to people, students together from multiple disciplines and the advantage that that can have, because what organization do you work in? Or, you know, if you were to start your own business, you certainly Mm. wouldn't just recruit all the same like minded people Mm. you need to. You know, have that opportunity to develop um, those networks and find the right people that have the right skills that can help you achieve whatever it is that you're setting out to achieve. Um, so I think that's that's really important. Absolutely. And but also I think within the curriculum, I think the extracurricular um, offer through the base camp team is particularly important as well because um, you know I don't know what. Y- when it will come up through other podcasts, but we do have a lot of models of things that are already proven to work really well, so how can we work with you within the curriculum to scale that, to make that, um, these opportunities, you know, a little bit more apparent to the students that you work with. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily purely theoretical, the practical bit, I think, is, you know, just as, or if not more important than the theoretical um, concepts behind entrepreneurship or d- what it means to be enterprising.
0: Okay, so I get that the that we're developing skills and attributes leading towards entrepreneurship, leading towards uh, employment, and and a lot of this can be entwined in what people are learning through the curriculum, but also in extracurricular and all that space there, but. Let, let's get to the sort of the end of the entrepreneurship what type of businesses are we seeing that we're working with um in terms of students coming out to the university and i'm turning to lauren now because i, I think you work directly with students on uh, on the entrepreneurship space and w- what type of ideas have we got coming out
2: well it's fantastic because there's just such a breadth so um just to just before I say actually uh, if you have any students who you think are interested in any of these areas please just send them to speak to me and I can you know, sort of signpost effectively to some of the stuff that's available but when I'm speaking to students uh, I can be speaking to someone who's perhaps uh, opening up um, an ice cream van or a fine jewellery brand in the morning and then in the afternoon talking to somebody who um, would like to take some technology from the university and spin it out into a business, you know, sort of really taking that research excellence and and, and running with it. so really, really diverse range from technical through social enterprise, uh, for-profit, even uh, full-on charities um, sometimes have been completely set up uh, by, by students in sort of even second year and things like that. So really, really impressive um, range of range of businesses and the development is, is quite um, impressive as well sometimes. We, um, had,
3: we had examples of students employing other students mm-hmm. in their startups whilst they're both still students <laughs> and, um, and and undergrads at that
2: yeah completely mm-hmm. so particularly through one of our schemes called the internship that's entrepreneurial internship scheme so we had uh, last year we had 11 students well 11 student businesses doing that and actually as during during that term um, session they get a mentor. A mentor to sort of of guide them through how to develop their idea they get a thousand pounds to either spend on living expenses or their business um, and they also get to sort of check in with us so that we can sort of keep an eye on them and uh, and, and, you know help them progress a bit more hopefully and we did have two businesses who've then gone on to actually employ graduates as well (laughs) I think so um, yeah um, they're pretty pretty astonishing some of them But even if they're really at early stages, we have something for everyone in terms of the support that's available. Um, And I'm particularly keen to sort of support those who aren't actually, perhaps don't actually perhaps have the confidence um, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's.
1: Yeah, I was going to say what's interesting is obviously like if we are promoting that we have a competition where they could earn funding, that tends to be what attracts them to us. You know, a lot of times. But then the feedback that we get in terms of all of the other support that we provide, like Lauren mentioned about mentoring, you know, that's great, they get a thousand pounds and we're helping them if they need to pay their rent over the summer or if they need to spend it purely on business costs, but it is those in-kind, that in-kind support that actually is the things that we get the best feedback on. So we massively rely on an external and internal network to help us deliver on this. Um, We know the importance of mentors. Um, we know the importance of having experts come in and to deliver workshops to help them understand what different legal formations, you know, might be appropriate for them, um, you know, what, what is intellectual property, what is protectable, what isn't, um, and that is the sort of support. So Lauren is usually the first point of contact, or we, we only see them as a, an application through our competition, but then usually their journeys, they stay with us for quite some time. Um, which is really interesting and I
3: think that's something that again academic colleagues have a have a role to play Mm, in in terms of connecting some of these things up because we we find that once a student starts on this journey they'll often take advantage of lots of different services but it's almost a student realizing and knowing that the university is enthusiastic about supporting this stuff that actually sometimes students kind of assume that the university has got nothing to do with their idea And it is also worth pointing out, particularly in the case of undergrads, that they own their own intellectual property. Mm. So if they're worried about sharing their ideas with staff, well, they shouldn't, because actually in almost every academic staff member contract in the university, there's a non-disclosure agreement and that students own their own intellectual property. Mm. So they should be coming forward for support and for those connections, because usually the first idea they've got is often dreadful, Mm -hmm. but it's through support and interaction that they find something that's really good. And often they find... People, useful people in networks, useful resources to draw upon. And, and it's really worth pointing out that one of the, the huge bits of value that the career service provide in all this and the Basecamp team at Careers is is that brokerage, that that connecting of our students with the right people in the external network, that we're not just connecting students into as it were, experts within the university, although we do do that, but actually we're connected through to a much wider network of alumni, local businesses, national businesses, who can provide really fantastic advice. And that's that's a huge value that actually I don't think all students are kind of conscious that university provides to them.
2: And I think also, could I add to that point in that the range of support uh, within the city is, is very broad. Mm. So I think um, we do have an excellent uh, university back incubator called Set Squared in the centre of town. This is uh, mainly high-tech focused, which is excellent and really, really fantastic for um, increasing the tech startup support. Um, in the city but there are also a lot of other support the uh, support schemes out there other incubators particularly around uh, scientific uh, businesses but also a real um, breadth and depth of uh, social enterprises and social enterprise support across the city and and within bath as well so um yeah that's that's one thing and i also another thing you to pick up on from what dave was saying was um as educators you probably find that you're uh your students can actually be quite siloed within the um within the confines of perhaps where they which halls they live in or um uh, which subject they're doing and so if it doesn't speak to them then they're perhaps unlikely to engage with it so we do see you know certain subjects are more likely to come and see us than others but i'm more than happy to share some examples of alumni that we've um, we've supported and have come up with in really interesting ideas for example we've got theatre and film production companies we've got creative businesses um, and as, lo- as well as um, really sort of technical uh, high-tech businesses as well
0: so you've got you, you said theatre yeah. you've said uh, it, you've mentioned intellectual property you've said theatre you talked about uh, set squared uh, across the all of these different groups do they all associate with the word entrepreneur? Um, are they all, they, where they're developing skills, I'm understanding that, where they're developing skills, but do they all associate with entrepreneurs? Would you go and talk to uh, someone who's gonna start, uh, who, who's, who's doing some creative writing and they wanna get their book published. Would you say, you would you talk to them as being an entrepreneur?
2: As Dave is saying, I might not use those words because people don't associate with them. I set up a business, but I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur, for example, because it's—I think it perhaps sounds slightly conceited. Although it's not; it's absolutely not, and I disagree with that. But um, yeah, I would—I would, I think it's just basically showing that there's a lot of stuff open to them, and, and that they are really quite exceptional, and that they're—you know—really, really have a big skill set.
3: It goes back to that piece about entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, actually, every student can benefit from having an entrepreneurial mindset. And you might not use entrepreneurship, you, you might not use the kind of cap- capitalism, red in tooth and claw kind of words around some student groups. But the idea of talking to, a, say, a creative writing student or a theatre student or a film student about finding the audience for their idea, creating value for that audience, making that project sustainable or giving it a legacy, actually, there are a whole set of words in there that hopefully should resonate. And then it's a case of kind of staging them across. I, I, I know that the entrepreneurship word is toxic <laughs> in certain quarters of the university. But actually, there isn't a better word for some of the things that we do. I think, actually, we've all got a role in detoxifying some of that language. So how do we get How do we reach out to those students in all those different disciplines through their academic staff, through their course, but also in that extracurricular space and in some cases entice them across and in some cases (laughs) trap them? Mm -hmm. In that sometimes, actually, as an entrepreneurship educator, I'm at my most effective when I effectively have a kind of a hostage audience who don't think they want to be entrepreneurs. But once we start talking about making their ideas happen, or they want to change the world and they don't actually have the tools to change the world, well, that, that's kind of what entrepreneurship's all about, and usually we can win them over. But, you know, actually, academic colleagues, again, have a, have a role to play in helping us bridge that linguistic gap.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's not our job to sort of help them identify who they are or what they prefer to be called. It's our role to facilitate opportunities for them to gain Mm -hmm. an understanding of the fields that they're working in, to know exactly kind of what they're doing, why they're doing Mm. it, who it's for, um, and to develop that. So I see, you know, it's not, we use those words to help frame what we do as a service. So it's both, um, a blessing and a curse that we can be so adaptive with language. Mm. Actually, it does make it a little bit more challenging in some ways because it's not like, you know, for our own time's sake, we want to have different marketing um, for 20 different groups. But it's not really our role to sort of define that. You know, if they want to call themselves an entrepreneur, great. We tend to use that broadly because it helps sort of encompass all of this. But it's once people come to us and they understand what it is that we're offering or, you know, as a university, I'm tef- definitely speaking more from like Basecamp perspective. But as a university, it's helping them. Um, you know, either fail early, and I use that word broadly as well, um, or, you know, just to be able to pursue their idea and then what they choose to do with that, no matter if they choose to continue it or they don't, um, you know, hopefully they're more confident because of it. So I've had students in the past, you know, say, You know, i am decided I'm not going with this, you know, I'm not going to pursue this idea, but actually you've helped me mitigate the what ifs in my life. So I'm more comfortable going and getting a grad scheme job with the corporate because I had that opportunity to explore that while I was here. Mm. Instead of going on to a grad scheme a year later than having this crisis of confidence or whatever it is, you know, we that's that's largely how I see what we do it's a discovery
3: process i mean exactly. it's, a, it's a similar issue to a kind of a wider face a, a wider issue that career services face where there's the kind of the accusation that you're just trying to get everybody into a job and actually you talk to most career advisors and they'll tell you that no we're trying to help them kind of live the best life and be happy and find success on their own terms mm-hmm. and, and enterprise support plays a similar role in that It is a means of encouraging students to think about what it is they want to do, Mm. develop skills, discover things they don't want to do, discover things they're not ready to do. Mm -hmm. Because actually, I, I would never advocate that a majority of students should be starting up during their studies or just after their studies. Actually, fundamentally, most entrepreneurship is done by people who've worked in an industry for at least a couple of years, spotted something that could have been done better and then decided to spin that out of or move that into another domain and do something. But that experience of trying to start something, trying to work out how to articulate it, who's interested, do they want it, do they want it in a way that you can provide it, can you make it, can you find a way to fund it, those are really good learning processes. I mean that microcosm of startup is a fantastic way to learn so many skills. So. You know, Not only is there a range of services that are directly about helping students who say, I want to start something, but actually creating learning experiences that are really valuable for a huge number of students. Mm-hmm. One thing I just wanted to add to that that we haven't kind of touched on so far is the idea that a lot of these services provide access to a job market that is otherwise hidden that, you know, careers fairs do a certain piece of work, kind of the, the kind of the bigger names, but actually I, I was wondering if, from a kind of career service perspective, what sort of success you've seen with students finding their way into smaller companies who don't recruit in quite the same way as the big recruiters, but for whom this enterprise connectivity opens up a, this enormous chunk of the job market.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be predominantly through our like SME internship scheme. Um, I'd have to look this year it changes year on year but roughly um, 25% of our internships are with startups in particular and actually we're doing a bit of work around that to work with Set Square to have um, reserve like Um, internship experiences with tech businesses working with unit dx to work in science startups and to start to focus that a little bit more because i do definitely see that as a huge part of what we do as well so yeah the like you were saying the bigger careers for us they have their place but they're not for everyone and they shouldn't be so definitely what we do is is again relying on that external network our connections and our um, really focused um, business development, if you will, and trying to help students understand the alternative careers that exist. Um. Yeah, I would add to that that um,
2: that extensive network of um, small business uh, um, founders and um, and startup founders—they're uh, really good at sort of giving back because of the benefit that the internship scheme provides, and also um, they really see the benefit of Bristol students because kind of sometimes forget how how good they are mm-hmm. um, and, and what a, a level of talent the university is producing to the local economy so um, but one thing that always strikes me is that sort of it's, it's good to have a sort of level a, a quite a diverse range of role models for people who are interested in this um, one thing one event that we I've really enjoyed putting on um, in the base camp team are sort of these startup stories events um, so they could be quite successful businesses um, or really quite small ones who've just started to get success um, and I think it's quite a, an achievable level then for students to kind of engage with um, So, for example we'll have uh, sort of uh, people from different sectors so it may be um, uh, people who are working in the creative industries or, or in um, more scientific or more technical backgrounds. Um, and one thing that always strikes me is that while their journey might have been quite different and some of them might have had a real vision um, and others might not have, they are always, always motivated by either sort of making a difference or seeing their, their, their discovery in the big wide world or um, solving a problem that they really experienced. So that could be within a social enterprise setting or a charity setting, uh, or even a business setting, you know. I really had a problem that I couldn't track how many steps I was taking, so I made this watch, you know. So that kind of thing. So. Um, and that's actually this, the same motivation that most of the students I speak to and, and graduates I speak to have. Mm. So I think I think that's one thing that um, really really impacts our side of the team very well is that very very close connection with small businesses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, what you were saying about the breadth of businesses that we support. Yeah. Like you're very talented, but you can't possibly know everything there is to know about tech or food and drink businesses or retail or anything like that. So actually those connections with smaller businesses, whether it be students gaining work experience within them or that they come up and they can support and we can target mentoring or we can, whatever it is that, um, yeah, it's massively important that we have that network.
2: Yeah, the amount that people are willing to give back and really support our students is testament to how, um, how brilliant they are in some ways and also um, what a kind of good community we have here in Bristol of people who are trying to sort of help each other out and, uh, and and make startups thrive
0: so you 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 say about the local community and the startup support and you mentioned earlier set square and you mentioned other sort of incubators and and that what what type of to tell me more about set square tell me more about some of those incubators tell me more about the ecosystem around bristol and that wider startup support if i can turn to lauren
2: Yeah, okay. So, um, SetSquared, you may have all heard of because it's a university-backed incubator. Um, It has high-tech businesses, and they're all based down at Engine Shed, which, as you might imagine, is next to Temple Meads. Um, And, uh, yeah, they basically uh, incubate very high-tech, high-growth businesses. So as Katie was mentioning, there are opportunities for those students who uh, might like to go on to high-tech careers and are interested in working in a, a sort of small dynamic team rather than perhaps a, a bigger company within those. Um, and also we do have, um, through the one of the like, latter stages of our competitions, the ability for businesses to be incubated in there as well as one of the prizes. So that's a really fantastic resource for high-tech, kind of high-growth businesses. Um, in terms of other support throughout the city there are there is um uh sort of things like pervasive media studio which is for uh using um sort of art and creativity to um and I'm linking that with technology i'm really badly explaining this i'm sorry um but it's it's almost be halfway
3: between it. a sort of tech startup and an artist workshop
0: yeah
3: <laughs> so th- there, there are I mean, there are kind of incubators and accelerators for almost every stripe and type of business. I mean, Unit DX we've already mentioned, as a sort of science uh, startup. You've got kind of lots of kind of creative co-working spaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, the city is almost flooded Mm -hmm. with kind of co-working spaces. And there are, you know, we have our own competitions, but there's plenty of other competitions in the city and nationally for people to enter. I mean half of it is actually discovering this, that this stuff exists and realising that you can apply for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the thing that, things that often catches students out is, oh, actually I, I don't have to have too much already, I don't have to be running the thing before I can apply for certain levels of competition. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they can win 100 quid here or 200 quid there, you know, with something a bit better than the back of an envelope, but maybe not much more than the back of an envelope, mm-hmm. Right through to, you know, the final round of the new enterprise competition, which is kind of in the, t- you know, over £10,000 mm-hmm. and includes kind of full professional incubation as a prize, at which point like the business case is a, a bit more robust.
2: Yeah. Sorry for my poor explanation. It's always because there's so much much going on. Um, Another one to sort of highlight is that quite a lot of the banks provide support Mm. uh, for entrepreneurs. You mentioned big, big competitions. Um, But then there's also the NatWest Entrepreneur Accelerator, which run... um, uh, It's actually not just for um, new startups, but any stage of business that really wants to accelerate and and, and take their business forward, and that's co-working space down in town. And they offer a lot of support to our team as well. So... You know, there's there's all sorts going on, and um, it's almost uh, you know very good because it means that any sort of st- any idea that a student comes to us with, we can probably point them in the of directri- direction of at least two or three things that they could be getting on with.
3: And in a way, that's 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 one of the roles that we want to point out to academic colleagues yeah. that we're here to help signpost and to navigate, not just colleagues but 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 those students as well. That you know, you know, we've in that last bit of conversation, we we're really talking about the kind of those ideas that are kind of ready to be commercialized ready to be you know started up in a really kind of formal fashion but actually you know if a staff member spots a student who seems to have a few too many ideas or is looking to create something or has ambitions about changing the world who you might describe as enterprising even if you, they don't describe themselves as an entrepreneur actually point them in the direction of the career service Point them in the direction of Bristol Futures, get them to have a look at the Open Online course. Like there are there are lots of routes into this area that are really approachable, and and we we've got the door open. We're waiting for these people to kind of yeah. come in and talk to us, so that we can help them find the right route forward in this and that. That might well accrete over time. That you know, the first year who does an Open Online course by third year might have done an internship in a local startup, be in the final round of the New Enterprise Competition, or or actually have decided that. They've kind of really built some skills by participating in events, and they're going to go into the graduate labour market mm-hmm. in a more traditional way. Mm-hmm. But they've still gained an enormous base of skills.
0: So that sounds as if um, that's your call out. You want people to uh, our academic community, academic community, to get in touch and actually say what do they, how do they want to connect and feed their students through. Um, thank you, Dave. Um, just then, turning to uh, Katie and uh, Lauren, do you have one message you'd like to? Uh, in part what how would you like um those listening to be able to connect with you and is there one message you would like to leave them with
2: okay so i would say if you've got any students that you think are ideasy or they seem to be um really wanting to solve problems send them send them our way you know um, find our email address probably attached this somewhere um also you know because we have uh, the connection with um you know all of the resources that we've just told you about and also a lot of a lot of your students and a lot of your graduates if you want some great examples of people that you maybe haven't heard about who've gone off and and done something quite entrepreneurial or quite enterprising then let me know I'm more than happy to come and give a quick lecture shout out I'm even happy to sort of explain some of uh, um, the concepts of um, how to sort of explore your idea in a bit more detail in a bit of a longer session if appropriate Um, yeah just just Look us up and let us know. Mm. It's
3: also worth just, if I can steal in the head Katie, one thing, a group that maybe we haven't touched on is those students who seem a bit dissatisfied with all the traditional options. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you've got students who don't seem to be happy with what look like those kind of typical graduate routes... Maybe this is something that they ought to be considering as well.
1: I think even a step before that, though, if you have students, as the role of personal tutors sort of increases, and there's a lot more emphasis on that, if you have students that don't quite know know what it is that they want to do or they know they want to build skills and and maybe this space this enterprise and innovation space that you know they can come to us as well because it isn't always about entrepreneurship mm. purely it is about what we've been saying throughout and and being more enterprising yourself and and whatever um journey you're going to take i think as well i, I mentioned it earlier but a message for um, academic colleagues in particular is you don't have to start from scratch we do have a lot that is quite scalable and we can work with you to implement that and to bring in more practical elements to your teaching
0: well thank you very much to all of you for your time this afternoon I, and i am truly amazed by the amount of work going on in the space of innovation enterprise and developing enterprising skills across the university and it just feels as if it's um, it, it's growing uh, but it feels as if you're doing so much in your roles and thank you um thank you for that work you're doing um thank you katie thank you, thank you lauren and dave thank you thank
2: you